Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Friday, February 2nd, 2024. And the Brighty on Studio has some amazing things coming up. And I'm not going to lie to you. We had a little mistake. We were going to do some headline news with you at 7 like we do every week. And they were going to run a rerun. We totally missed. And I have no problem telling you that. So instead, you're getting the wonderful, the beautiful, and the handsome. You would be the beautiful. I can be the wonderful. And <laughs> Scott can be the handsome. Okay. So we're having Scott Kesterson of Bards FM on today to talk about this week's latest news. You'll be getting no clips, but you'll be getting a lot of information, which I'm really excited about. I told Leah I could do it by myself. She said, Michelle, you don't know enough about this week's stories. I guess I was going to put too much weight on Kesterson. I think you can. I think. I think I could wing it. Well, no, there's a, there's a lot going on this week, and I think that you know having Scott here is really important to break down some of the more intricate, um, you know, developments. Um, I'm, we're going to talk about this convoy, and we're going to talk about immigration in a way you might not have heard before. So I want you guys to stick around. All of that and so much more coming up right after these messages. Don't go anywhere. So, you know, uh, these blue states that have sanctuary cities have this thing called catch and release, mm. which, you know, makes it's it so that if you f- are... fulfilling form of fishing, by the way. Exactly. So these criminals in New York City can get away with all kinds of violent crimes, beating up cops, and they're back on the streets. So uh, this week I saw a clip that just actually just came out, I think it was just today, where CNN had on their um, their criminal law expert, okay, and they played this clip of these migrants destroying, utterly beating up two cops. Oh, dear God. Kicking them. It's it's brutal. Okay. And now, and now Kathy Hochul, whatever, the new governor of New Hochul. York says, um, oh, we don't stand up for this. It's okay if you're kicking somebody else who's not a cop, by the way. It's okay to be a drunk driver. Well, these particular migrants have rap sheets, super long rap sheets, and they just keep getting let out. So what they do is they they steal all this money and they go down to Florida to spend it. Huh? Okay. Yeah. So the CNN anchor asked the you know criminal law expert, you know, why do you think that they're spending it down in Florida? And he answers and he says, Well, I asked them and they said, because they arrest you in Florida. Scott. What? Hang on a minute. I'm really confused about this. Criminals rob, steal. There's all there's there are criminal networks in New York City. Right. But they don't spend it in New York City. But they you, go down to Florida. They live. They they enjoy life in Florida. But you said they arrest you in Florida. So why if would you, they go down there if they're going to get arrested? Okay, you're having a blood moment. They can't get don't arrested dye because they didn't do the crime again. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> if so you're you, saying they didn't do the crime in Florida. They don't commit crimes in Florida because I get they arrest you in Florida, Scott. I just went okay, there. So the only, only way they could be that is if it was a felony. So obviously they're committing <laughs> felonies. Thank you, Scott Kesterson. They could have arrested them in Florida if it was a felony. Right. So they, they're arresting them in Florida because DeSantis at least has a decent ruling on that. Florida, um, and I think it's going to be even driven more because Florida is the home of the snowbirds from New York who have all fled the state because they can't stand it anymore. So they're bringing their garbage down to florida well That's they're not making they're not doing the crimes in florida because they know that they're just enjoying florida they're going to be spending money having a good time yeah. they're doing the crimes in new york because and they are they're committing felonies in in, in new york but mm-hmm. nobody knows that they're felons in because they're just another they're just another mexican another beach bum well i don't think they're beach well they're just another hispanic they don't care they're not, it's not like they're checking 
IDs in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, but if you're committed crime in Florida, you get arrested in New York city, you get out. Did you see the, did you see the picture this week, Scott, where the guy who got off flipped off? Everybody said, ha ha, I'm out yeah. now. I saw no, I think this is, this is really the deeper part of this story, which I think we have to kind of rupture the, the naivety of thinking that, you know, this idea of exporting or deporting the 22 million. And, and this is Trump's campaign slogan. Um, or platform, you're going to have the greatest deportation ever. Mm-hmm. This that sells well on the political circuit when you're talking to MAGA and they want to make America great again and all this. But here's to some real real issues that are not going to make that possible. And these this happening in blue states and, and probably other places. They're already accepting the like in New York City. They're just passing the rules now that they can have illegals go and take regular jobs now, so that they don't mm-hmm. even. Have provide and then in, no in, visas no anything yeah they just can hire them and no so they, uh, Oregon's done something similar for migratory workers and they've done a lot of that protection of that up near Portland and Hillsboro wow. in particular uh San Francisco is now making it possible and other other cities are making it possible to hire illegals into the police force so mm-hmm. what we're seeing here is is a is a transformation of the of the American landscape at a radical level and so it sounds good to say well we're going to round all these people up and it it sells well but mm-hmm. the, Functional reality of that is it's going to be the most disruptive and scarring element if you do it do it this way. Mm-hmm. As ultimately, these people will settle into communities. And they're not all bad. I mean, it's really clear. I mean, we may not mm-hmm. like the idea. We tag them all as bad. There are bad elements coming across that border, a horrible sure. bad elements. But there's some people that are legitimately coming across here. And, and here's the thing. I think people have to ask this question. If they're being hired in jobs, Forget the police department thing, but if they're hiring, well, that's another one in another way, but if they're being hired in jobs, these are jobs that nobody else wants. So mm. I'm back. I don't know. Can I, can I, can I push back just a yeah, little yeah. bit? Because I remember um, when I went to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and I had never seen Mexicans before. I hadn't, we were in Ohio. They don't, they just didn't exist. And all over Oklahoma, there were Mexicans. You, you'd see them. No joke. Like, I've never seen like that, the clown car. Well, and 30 of them would live in an apartment, like in our apartment yeah. complex. There were yeah. several units that. And so we were in Oklahoma for four years. And when we got back, um, you know, at our local amusement park, Kings Island, the teenagers who would usually go around and sweep up, you'd see your friends from high school sweeping the dirt, right? The cigarette butts so, up the, off so, yeah. the pavement and all and that. And then. And then now it's all Mexicans. I enjoyed seeing my fellow high schoolers there doing that job. Yeah, it, was it was very good. It was it very was satisfying. You know, and and landscaping got done. Yeah. Roofing got done. But I will tell you, Tree work you know, done. we had our we had a roof put on. We had the guy who put on the roof. He pays them all under the table. You know, we can't if you've got Americans who are trying to be on the up and up, trying to pay their taxes, trying to do the right thing. And you have illegals who don't care about laws. They don't care about taxes. They're not you don't have to pay them taxes. We had our roof put on. It was really great. But somebody else had a roof put on. You know, Americans put it on. Americans can do anything that these illegals can do. What they what Americans have been trained to do in public school is you don't lie and you don't cheat and you don't cheat on your taxes. So there, are the, the the and, and I I do I believe that that's a misnomer that these jobs wouldn't be done. I think that the jobs wouldn't be done for slave wages. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a, it is a big debate on this, and I I have some personal experience here when I ran my construction company and trying to hire. This is way back in two thousand and two thousand two thousand five, in trying to hire Americans, and I was paying a good wage, eighteen dollars an hour. I could find no one. Ooh. 
that's a good wage back then. Right. Yeah. And that was in, that was then, 2004, mm-hmm. 2005. And I was looking for, for, I was specifically looking for Americans and there was nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And so Portland has enough liberal laws that you could actually hire people that were undocumented to say, right? Mm-hmm. And I hired them for, for the equivalent same amount. And mm-hmm. I never had better workers in my life. I mean, they're, no, they're great workers, but can I, and then just, just to put yeah. in perspective, $18 to them an hour compared to imagine, I think you'd find a lot of workers if you were paying a hundred bucks an hour. And that's the equivalent of what they can go and spend and send back to how much, you know, how much things cost in Mexico. So I think it's a matter of perspective and I think it's a matter of our dollar. Yeah, no, and the dollar is a mess. I mean, but we also have another unspoken here, which is really huge. And this is Edward Dowd's studies. And Edward Dowd has been showing that this COVID vax has been killing the, the millennial class. And I don't, mm. I don't say that lightly. I mean, we have, he's documented now approximately 2 million deaths in the millennial class and up to 10 million that have been disabled mm-hmm. and maybe higher. So this is creating a, this is definitely creating a labor void. And when we go around and we see a lot of these, I mean, just know from my own small town in, in Oregon, there is a labor shortage. They mm-hmm. can't get people. So the, the default is that people don't want to work. And you hear this, well, they're on, they're on welfare, they're on this, they're on that. That doesn't add up because these, that all that money from COVID, that COVID con dried up. So what you really are starting to find is there's something very substantial happening in the undercurrent in our society. And it is the white elephant in the room. And it is the COVID backs, the death shot, that is literally wiping out people. I mean, look at the other part end of the spectrum. If you look mm-hmm. at Walmart greeters as an example, where people are working, yeah. register, they were elderly, our wisdom class. Mm-hmm. They're dropping off day after day. I mean, just in yeah. our own circles of people I know, my parents know the number of elderly that are dying. And of course, everyone's brushing this under the rug. You're like, oh, he's mm-hmm. seven years old. He's got cancer. It's like, yeah, but when did he get that cancer? Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, what happens like within six months after the first shot, and then suddenly it's an explosion of cancer. Mm-hmm. Then, oh, well, it's just cancer or it's long COVID or some lie mm-hmm. like this. This shot is wiping people out. And then, mm-hmm. you know, start to see this. I had uh, Carolina Stanzik on last night on uh, Bards FM, and she was a, she's a Vax injured um, National Guard soldier that was mm-hmm. held to take the Vax. The, the testimony of the devastation of what this does to the body, mm-hmm. just it's just heart-wrenching. So we know that, and she's effectively operationally disabled this is mm-hmm. a person who's doing half marathons at least once a week and now can hardly walk and she's yeah. lost most of her sight mm-hmm. so scott you actually sent me her give send go earlier it's just yeah. literally give send forward slash carolina k-a-r-o-l-i-n-a k-a-r-o-l-i-n-a give send go carolina um if you guys want to donate to her um you guys i would highly encourage you to listen to scott's episode and do so yeah, it's, it's just very compelling. I mean, just all of her money is going to pay medical bills and the military mm-hmm. pay wow. and legal bills. I mean, she's stuck with $100,000 in medical bills. because Wow, just, yeah. Right. So I, I'm, I'm saying this because I I'm, I'm I want to be clear. I'm not in favor of open borders. Seal them, stop them. Make them. But at the same time, we're in this really weird place where we have been hit by a bioweapon that is literally mm-hmm. disabled and killed a chunk of our society that nobody wants to acknowledge because we're just going to call it natural deaths or these mm. or some nonsense like this, when in fact it's all shot driven. We're seeing a population decline in, key, in some of these key sectors of the work service industry in particular, and so it's that's a good point, right? It's convenient to turn around and go, "Oh, I've got somebody at work," mm-hmm. and this is this is part of for me. This is part of the cover up. It's like, okay, let's flood them in quick with illegals. Let's get them into mm-hmm. the 
So it's making then no one will notice as long right. as there as long as the Amazon well, packages keep Mike getting delivered. Mike Lindell right. catered his event, the first uh, uh, Freedom. What was it? This the the Moment of Truth Summit. Moment of Truth Summit, and it was catered very well uh, by illegal immigrants. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I talked. I sat down and talked to the, the lady there. who ran it. I know. Huh? It was good food too. It, it was good, but and she goes because no one will work. No one will do this work now. Um, I here here's where I differ. So um, I have a friend of mine who's a caterer. Um, she was always able to cater and always did a really good job. And I think that when you're looking for workers, um, you're not exactly fulfilling the call of of each person in in their in their God given calling. And I remember when we had our roof put on and we had this, um, the only one of them spoke English and he asked to buy our rooster. He's like, I rem uh, I'm not kidding you. I don't know if he wanted to eat it uh, because I don't think he had a farm here, but he's, he was reminiscing about his, his home back home. And he said he would rather be home. He mm -hmm. would rather be with his family and he didn't want to be up here earning wages, but the wages and the jobs and the and and the things that they had in, in Mexico collapsed. And this is kind of a, a broader topic. A friend of mine was talking about the um the the North American NAFTA. um trade route and how you know American farmers were told to plant fence row to fence row and we we flooded the market with GMO corn. GMO corn. And so what 21, happened I think it's 21 or 31 might have even been more than that. Versions of oh, two hundred. Thank you. It was a lot of of variety of heritage corn that they were growing down there, completely wiped out by GMO so corn. So there is here a very a very delicate microcosm of business and life in Mexico, and mm -hmm. one of my statements is make Mexico great again. And if you've got a fifty pound bag of feed coming in at six dollars, and then somebody else is selling it for seven, the six dollar bag is going to sell. And what it is, is you've got the corn farmer is going out of business. The pig farmer goes out of business and a whole community collapses. And then you're flooding in um, and they've done this. Um, Europe did this has and is doing this to Africa as well. This is the Walmart takeover model, really, just on a global level, right? So Walmart comes into the community. The first thing they always went after was the paint suppliers, which was usually a locally owned business. Okay. And they would yeah. start the people over to buy cheap Walmart paint. Mm -hmm. drawing that business out and pretty soon that business is out and then they right. begin to, the migration mm -hmm. uh it was a strategy it was implemented to destroy small town businesses just mm -hmm. intentionally to put walmarts in there mm -hmm. so i agree i mean this kind of leads us to another route though because I, I think this is where this labor thing that we're getting this patchwork going on and trying to use illegals and is going to implode anyway and it goes to where I believe, and I think we all share, and I know that I just talked to Pastor Rod Parker, who's down at the border at uh, Dripping Springs, and he's setting up his tent revival down there. He brought a team of 20. They're going full tilt to start doing revival. And he's had the same vision that all of us have shared, which is we need to bring these people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Part of that was a word that was given to me. Well, no, in, fair, in fairness, I mean, it was, we, I think you've spoken and I know that I've heard the same thing and I shared it with him and he's heard the exact same thing is, which is once these people come to Christ, there is going to be a return. They're going to end up coming to Christ, learning about what this country is and wanting to take it home. Mm. So instead of running away from the problem, they're going to return. And I mm -hmm. believe it's truly what's going to happen rather than becoming anchored here. They're going to want to go back to where they're from because people love their native countries and we all do. Right. So, 
I just say this kind of as a broader spectrum. America is getting very, has become very accustomed to the convenience of having other people do their business. Yes. Southern California is, if you took the Mexican labor out of Southern California landscaping, that place would look like, it would look like inner city Philadelphia mm-hmm. after about a week because nobody well, wants to. I wonder that. if a business only, what if they did their own mulch? Right. <laughs> you mean what if the store owner walked what outside if, and yeah, like, What if, yeah, what if the CEO of the company, what if they just had landscape day? And everybody, t- like, this is where we're at. It's kind of like you hire somebody to clean your house, right? And I, I find that diabolical. Oh, my gosh. Where I was in the doctor's office, or no, the chiropractor's office with Uncle Jack the other day, and someone was talking about, you know, they, there were several people that were talking about how they're cleaner. And, I like, that's a foreign concept to me. I'm just going, wow. They have a cleaner because they don't want to clean well, their so- house. I mean, believe me, what I'm going to say here, I'm not a fan of McDonald's, but I want to point out something that's really interesting about Ray Kroc's model. Ray Kroc's model required that all the work on that property was done by employees in one fashion or another. Oh, interesting. So, like back all, in the day, at least. Right back. Well, in, I think even today, to a certain degree, like they, they, their maintenance guy is responsible for maintaining all the facilities on the bridge, including the landscaping. Mm. So as you you see, I mean, that's the, that is a business model that we really have gotten away from that where you're actually internally hiring somebody or using your employees to clean and to do things. I think we have to get back to it. We're going to have to shift to a different business thinking anyway. There's no question about it, but there's a lot of what America's become accustomed to that just isn't going to continue. Well, what, if, what if we, you know, if, if I'm teaching the kingdom message to mm-hmm. a person, I, I, if I'm p- teaching it to somebody picking grapes, I'm going to say God wants you to have your own vineyard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that you you would be so blessed by God. Then there were people that you might help out for a while and come work for you. And then you would help them have their own vineyard. And I feel that the American mindset is that we don't want these people to succeed. We're very happy that they come and work for slave wages under the table and then they go spend it back in Mexico. But, you know, going back to the guy who put on my roof with almost tears in his eyes he would rather be with his family. Mm-hmm. These are five or six men putting on my roof, on my house, away from their families. Americans have lost the interest of investing in their own nation. They want the benefit of having everything cheap, and those two don't go together. That's good. So when we look at the exportation model of getting all our jobs out, what's really frightening about this is once you've got a country, mm-hmm. what we were being mined for is our intellectual property. They're still doing it. In fact, that's part of the world treaties that were put in place for copyright to ensure that anything you say online, they can grab. Like if you put ideas and they grab them on, on your emails, they can secure them. That's one of the reasons we're trying to get more and more people online, even in idea development, because they can continue with AIs to monitor your ideas and then they can raise them to copyright and patents before you wow. can ever to market. So literally they own all the IP that everybody shares. That's that's our intellectual property individually and it comes from the gifts that God gives us. Mm-hmm. So the idea is ultimately to own everything. But we end up having nothing, nothing. When you go to a country like China, where you literally have factories stockpiling copper, and, and I'm, China's got its own problems. Evergrande is a whole other issue of this week, which is a big one. Mm. But in, in the sense of prior to, you know, in the last in the years, especially under under Bush and then under Obama, they were stockpiling raw resources and leveraging that against loans. Mm. If, if they fell back on something, they had a stockpile of copper or they had a stockpile of nickel or they had a stockpile mm. of palladium or whatever that was they were using and that was part of their leveraged asset here we just we just invest in say a, an, a, a, an option to buy which is a paper nothing and everything we do here is based on a paper currency paper manipulation of fiat nothing 
Mm-hmm. And that's really our whole economy. I mean, we literally have a, a world economy in the West that's leveraged off of four quad trillion dollars in derivative debt, which has no existence. It's just mm-hmm. like debt on debt. That's all it is. Yeah. And so we start to see it's this fake. shift on. It's everything about our world is fake. Yeah. That's, just, that's the thing about it. There's no substantive issue. I mean, if you right now, if I was to go and hand somebody a hundred hundred ounce bar of silver and say I want to pay, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They'd be like, uh, uh, "What do I do with this?" Or if I hand them silver coin, they would want to take it for face value. And we have this whole mm-hmm. issue: that face value is a collector's value, or is it is it is it mm-hmm. trade right? We don't ha- know how to even handle real precious metals and, and anymore in our currency, and we need to get back to it. That is going to be the only way back to this is to get precious metals, which I know I'm going to let you guys do your pitch because you've got a great company that you do. So who do you, who do you tell everybody? ITM Trading. Yeah, ITM Trading. Uh, learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks or 1-866-950-7776. Um, they do a phenomenal job of um, walking you through. If you want to get a farm, if you want, they have, a, it's literally called the wealth shield, meaning if you want to buy land, if you want to get animals, they will help you to take what you've got and fulfill your God-given desire, including um, securing your future and securing your wealth with precious metals. And my transition to this, and it's in this conversation today, me in, in precious metals, and I would say hard asset. Mm-hmm. So as an example, um, if you're if you're in a situation where you want to buy animals buy, and that are going to produce cattle, um, mm-hmm. You're going to buy chickens. If you are, if you are saying, "Well, I don't have the cash, but I have some silver," there is, in my way of seeing things, there's no loss there. If you're going to be pro- using some of that silver to produce something that can produce on your farm, it's a good investment. Yeah. But look at those in terms of hard asset because um, we we can't eat silver. We can rely on it, but we can't eat it. And it's mm-hmm. today we're ending into a pretty big crisis. And, and it's, um, in fact, Greg Reese just put out a piece. Excuse me. Just put out a piece. I think it came out this morning on the coming food shortages mm-hmm. and the magnitude of war that's going on in Europe between Germany, France. I mean, the French farmers right now are literally taking earth and pouring it down the freeway and making yes. it into farmland and then I burning it and burning the asphalt and going, okay, fine, We're, we'll just turn it back. I mean, they're, they're they're taking back freeways. This is a real war over there, and mm-hmm. they're telling and they're dumping all foreign food. Mm-hmm. So. People, I saw the, that with the um, like wine. The, the wine, whole trucks yep. full of wine just dumped. Massive. And so there's French uh, supermarkets in French. It's called the supermarché, which is the big, like, you know, big markets we go to that bear shelves. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing on the shelves right now. So they're getting a real impact on this. The difference is that in, in more of the traditional French culture, which still persists, people still tend to garden a lot. So they're getting they're, the resiliency within the economy is better. Mm-hmm. Then obviously within Paris, deep inner city concentrations, Lyon, uh, places like that, we have density, high density populations. It's going to be the same problem everywhere else. But there's more of an intendency when people get to a place to grow a garden than there is mm-hmm. here. And that still has to be something we get back to in the States because we do not have the resilience we need here at all. No, no, we don't. But do you know where we do have it? On the Bradion show. So we're going to be back here. Uh, don't uh, listen to these messages and be back because we have more to talk about. Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you have been enjoying our very riveting conversation with Bards FM, Scott Kesterson. So here's the deal. We are able to talk with one of the most controversial people on the internet, which is uh, Scott 
Kesterson. I almost said Scott Adams because I was going to say Mike next. And we're on the network of Mike Adams, who is also one of the most controversial people on the internet because we're on Bridie on TV. And because we're on Bridie on TV, we can say whatever we want within reason and not feel confined to a box. So how do you support the Brighteon Network. You can go to brighteonstore.com and use promo code CHICKS. I can promise you that the products on the Brighteon store are literally handpicked by Mike Adams and he makes sure that they have the utmost highest performance ingredients in them, every product there. And it's not just health things. They have camping gear. I mean, anything Survival that you can possibly stuff, yeah. want is on the Brighteon store. So go peruse it, look at it. My favorite product, which is sitting around here somewhere, is the Chief's Hawaiian Astaxanthin, which is the king of carotenoids. If you have free radicals roaming through your body, which we all do, take it. I take it every single day. I absolutely love it. The nascent iodine, the ranger buckets, all of these things are going to be products that when they get into your home, you're going to love it. And every time you use it, you're going to go, I was able to listen to Resistance Chicks and Scott Kesterson this week, and these products are why. So use promo code CHICKS and support the Brideon store and support the Brideon network because it is literally one of the most amazing networks on the internet. Speaking of one of the most amazing things on the internet is going to happen this weekend, Mm -hmm. the convoy. Yeah. Our very dear friends, Scott's dear friends, Robert and Jamie Ag, Banners for Freedom. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Retired. Pete Chambers, Doc Pete Chambers. We've got even Michael Yan finally deciding to head down there. We've got Kim Yater of Take Your Power Back. We've got Mark Anthony who had the idea of it originally and a whole host of other people headed down to the border. Donica Hudson. Yeah. Hey, Scott, why do you think there was the initial pushback and fear? I mean, every patriot that I talked to, even, you know, it seems like you're either on one side of the fence or the other. Like, let's go. Or no, don't you don't. Yeah. What do you, what do you think that was all about? Well, I think there's a number of things. Um, one, I just think there's a culture of fear. And I think mm-hmm. that's, we, you two, to credit you both, you pointed that out to me. I really didn't believe it, and that J6 had any impact. And it has proven absolutely true. And we've seen big influencers, and big influencers too, that I think we have to take a step back. And if you're a big influencer and you weren't encouraging people to be participant in this, and it doesn't mean you have to be like front and center, but literally, um, if you're not encouraging people to be, if they're listening to Holy Spirit to go down there, then I, I'm really questioning, you know, what, what your role is here. We're and so a- much fear. Like even Glenn Beck, they contacted Glenn Beck and he's like, well, if you're going to go, just watch out. It's just all this half-hearted, like, kind of. I want to ask fear. Scott a question. This is really important because, mm-hmm. Scott, you were embedded in Afghanistan. You were there. All right. You have experienced terrorism. Mm-hmm. What they did with January 6th. Would you equate it to having had the effect of a terrorist attack on the American patriot? Yes, and then add to that that the American culture is very susceptible to fear. Mm. So Afghanistan's an interesting country because it's been war logged so long. I mean, it's been suffering from war that as dark as this is going to sound, a terrorist bombing happens, somebody hits a suicide bomb, blows things up, and you're on another part of the city, you hardly know what happened. Mm-hmm. People just don't care. And it, that's not a good thing. Okay. But still, they don't live in a culture of fear. They're, they're past this point. They're, they've gotten to the point where they're like, look. A terrorist attack doesn't make them afraid. They've already. Correct. Now, if you have norm. an invasion, maybe a different story. But in a terrorist attack, they're so accustomed to it. They, they've built their lives around it. And this is actually was one of the big debates in information warfare was how do we communicate message? And that's why I always mm-hmm. said, don't talk anymore about fear because mm-hmm. it's not, it has no effect on this culture. Yeah. You need to do things like talk about productive rebuilding strategies, like how do you farm better? How do you how do you 
keep your health this and health in the home better? How do you reduce the cost of medical in the wintertime? That's the uh, project we worked on. Well, so the culture ahead. of fear was created, not that, not in a traditional way. So like, uh, in, particularly if we're going to talk about January 6th, it wasn't like we had people blowing up uh, buildings and setting things on fire and BLM and nobody was afraid of the BLM rioters like th that I know they weren't really afraid they could see and they were committing real violence. The fear for the conservative and the Trump supporter is that you will be arrested, that you will be painted as a bad guy. The left doesn't have that fear. No, they don't. It's a good point. And it's, this is kind of their unrestrained warfare that they do here because it's actually a badge of honor to get thrown in jail, which exactly. we, really, we should be looking at patriots the same way. I mean, you should be looking at patriots like if you, for the sake of the cause, if you've been thrown in jail, man, we should be putting them up on a poster and going, these are the people we're really out for, right? Mm -hmm. um, that is but a we real don't want to even talk about them because we're afraid of that we'll have like guilt by association. Like if we actually say the name of anybody that's still in the gulag in D.C., they're coming after us next. Well, I'm going to give some credit to Steve Bannon because he never walked away from it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't. And, mm -hmm. and Steve walked right into it. I, and people can say, well, he had lawyers, he had this, whatever. The guy at least walked in and said, okay, arrest me. And he's big enough that he, you would think that that would have had a positive ripple effect down the chain where, you know, other influencers that are around him and on his show should have been up here waving the flag saying, hey, go to this if you're called. Okay, now here's the thing. If you're going to this, and Pete was talking about this last night and, and he and I discussed it, um, actually it was this morning and to be accurate. And so what we were saying is they had some people early on that had come there for the sense of war and violence that was in their heart. Once they established that this was a peaceful rally, it was a re revival. They just they just said, "Hey, we like what you're doing," and it was peaceful. They left in good measure, but they just said, "This is not what we came for." So they really they left. That's powerful, they, Scott. They did, and so it's self-sorted. And I give so much credit to what Colonel Pete Chambers has been doing down there—a tremendous amount of work to ensure that the right message has been put out. Pastor Rod Parker, if you don't know who he is, pay attention, especially with the live stream tonight that's coming out. Pay attention. I spoke to him just a little earlier today. He's bringing his tent revival team down from northern Texas. They're setting it up down there at the mission. This oh. And they are going straight up revival, hardcore. His vision, which I just, I completely support this vision. And we talked about this previously in the half hour, but is bring these people to Jesus. That's yeah. the first thing, because even if they're going to be here, at least start welcoming them, the good ones, because you're going to sort the wheat from the chaff. Mm -hmm. And if you if you get a cartel member in there and you bring them to Jesus, mm. look out. Yeah. I've had some really amazing experiences. And there's one, there is, a, as you know, Kurt Church of Glad Tidings has some pretty rough characters in their past that have been mm -hmm. a big part of their deliverance ministry. One of them was a Northern California cartel member. Mm. Okay. He's become a really good friend. He just texted me on Saturday just saying, hey, just praying for you. We, we are wow. become great guys. And his vision now, he's like, I'm going back into the cartels and mm. I'm going to bring Jesus into them. And he's, That's crazy. So this is, we, we find a level of courage that once people, we get the, this is why I don't ever, you know, we say love our enemy, love our brother. We cannot, we have to pray for our enemies. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in any way advocating because I know there's all this thing like kick him out of the country. I got that. Okay. There is a place of legality here that we have to deal with, which is constitutional, which is what Texas is leveraging on. Mm -hmm. We have to seal the borders. But here's that gap problem. We don't have everybody in accordance with that. Of course, they're not enforcing that. And in the meantime, the longer that these people stay, the longer that they will become part of our cultural landscape. Mm -hmm. So you have a choice. 
and this is really an unconventional warfare strategy. You either hate your enemy as your enemy or you love your enemy as your brother, as Christ mm-hmm. says. Yeah. And as, as we pray into them, um, and as we mentioned in the last hour, and, and, and Pastor Rod Parker said the same thing. He truly believes in his heart that when they come to Christ and they start to realize what this is, that many of them will go back to their nations as they reclaim their anointings and the gifts of God. And his whole thing is down mm-hmm. there. He doesn't just want them saved. He wants them delivered. So he's yeah. got deliverance teams and salvation. And he's baptizing. They're getting all ready to go wild down there. So, And I think that the self-sorting happens with those who don't come to know Jesus and those who continue in criminal behavior, then then you deport or you self-deport. So, you know, we want whole, I've said this before, if somebody is supposed to be here, then we want them here. And if people are coming here for, for economic reasons, or they're coming to live, quote unquote, the American dream, the American dream is a nightmare. It is based on crony capitalism. And if you're coming here to, you know, if you're coming here to be selfish and fill your own selfish needs, then you shouldn't be here. But we do need Holy Spirit and we do need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our lawmakers on on making these differentiate, you know, differentials and, and actually putting it out there like, listen, we want to make this is what I always say. We want to make uh, Mexico great again. We want to make South America great again. And we've been saying it and saying it and saying it. And mm-hmm. guys, I truly believe that El Salvador is an answer to prayers. Um, um Bukele just won again in a landslide in El Salvador. And I believe he's an answer to prayer. And that country is absolutely gorgeous, is absolutely beautiful. And guess what? People from El Salvador, you're probably going to be happier down there. I might even be happier down there. I'm just it not called really to nice. be there. Yeah. Okay. Let me just you throw grow food all year long. This is kind of Holy Spirit challenge. So I'm going to throw it out there because it's, it's coming. Look out. So I'm putting a challenge out there to every influencer that's down on the border. And I'm saying this because you're talking to three people here that at Bars Fest, we were baptized at the last Bars Fest. Mm-hmm. Listen to Holy Spirit, we did it. So I'm putting a challenge out. I don't care if you're Trump, Ted Nugent, Laura Logan. I don't care if you are. Laura Alex- Logan get baptized twice. She could get baptized twice. Uh, With the burger. I said what I said. Pastor Rod, Pastor Rod Parker is there. And he is a great pastor. He's a Texas pastor. He's fire and brimstone. He's right out of the cut of Black Robe Regiment guy. Mm. Go to him. Let his team work with you, be baptized, and lead the patriot movement as we lead this country back to Christ. Amen. Because it's a Christian foundation of this nation. And I'm, in, I'm challenging every influencer mm. to do it. Okay? This isn't just for you, which would, we do care about your salvation. This is also yeah. to set the example of the tenor of what yeah. we're trying to do here. This is a peaceful rally. This is not about seizing the border with, with guns mm-hmm. and violence. We've got plenty of that in our culture. We're talking about down there about... And this is really what came today, which is profound. I was I was talking to Pastor Ron Parker, and it was a, it was a word, is that what we're really doing down there is we're setting up a wall across our nation, a spiritual wall mm-hmm. there. And this is why they're praying into this, because they need to be praying down there, because this is a spiritual wall that'll be literally a hedge of protection across our nation. It'll be greater mm-hmm. than any wall we ever built. And at the core of that has to be the heart of our patriots that are willing mm-hmm. to pray and willing to be saved and willing to be delivered. Mm-hmm. And so those that will lead that effort on that wall down there, there will be a place where you come across this nation and it will literally strip the anger from your heart and you will be entered in here. That's the magnitude of what we're talking about being able to do by setting up a spiritual wall in our nation that is literally a hedge of protection anchored in the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we need to be down there praying into that. And I'm challenging every, every influencer down there, be courageous. It'd be the most courageous thing you ever did to let the nation know where you stand. And we'll see. So 
Let's go. Wow. You know, I just was hit by the power of God. And I was remembering a dream I had this week that a bunch of us influencer type people were at a, at a convention, a little, you know, honestly, I think I dreamt Robert's thing. So we were at a place where you could come and stay. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy in charge and he had this sheet of paper with everybody's names on it. And we were all going to be baptized and sign it as like a new commitment and a new covenant. Do you know also who also has places to stay down there, though? Dr. Stella Emanuel. Oh, she does, too. She's got a whole compound. Right. She's got bunk beds. I mean, yeah. she could, I don't know. She could house 150 people. Yeah. Yeah. Revival, revival. is happening. And she's and, always having a revival down and there. And so, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned these baptisms. And I just felt like, like, oh, wow, Robert Jamie, I need to tell you, I kind of dreamt that. And I think that that your what you just said there put it put my dream into perspective by having all all these influencers are in my dream. And um, they all got rebaptized. But it wasn't like, you know, there's a song. Let's go down to the river to pray. Uh, old time religion is not a one time baptism. It's you're going through something else. You're making a change in your life. This baptism, this symbol, is there something spiritual about getting in the water, going, going, going down one person, coming up another person? So I encourage people. Oh, Leah, that's weird to be rebaptized. It's, it's because you don't understand the baptism is not about your salvation. It's about a change and it's a washing away from an old person, new person. If you're making a a, a commitment, if you're changing your life. Uh, from one step to another, I recommend you get baptized again and baptized again. You can baptize 10 times. If, you, if you're making some big choices, if you're making some big changes in life, get baptized. Have a friend say, listen, let's go down to some river, you know, not, not with one of the big current. And let's do this because I want to pray. And it's a symbol. It's kind of like people think that it's so religious that you can't do it. Like we, we praise God all the time. We get out instruments. You can praise God all the time. Why can't you be baptized again? Why not? Well, I think if you're going to be delivered, you're going to need sort of deliverance. Mm-hmm. So you've already been saved and you're going to be to go through deliverance. Be baptized. We talked mm-hmm. about this here and we've really found that the power of this, we've talked about it down at the Church of Glad Tidings. Mm-hmm. When you are delivered and then you go through baptismal again, it is it locks it in. It does. It literally just strips it. You are cleansed in your body. Mm. You talk even there was even this discussion we had here of this concept of self baptismal. Like if you've been doing deliverance and mm. so like just even go in the shower and just pray. Yeah. Just, I'm going to be bring bring the water of the Holy Spirit upon me. Right. Yes. No. <laughs> I've been feeling it. We put in a pool and I call it the baptismal pool because all summer long I must have needed it um, <laughs> because I, we've gone through some stuff and um, you know there's a book called Healing for the Fractured Soul. And what you may not understand is there's parts of you that don't necessarily trust in and believe in Jesus. And you all know it because you've always like, oh, do I really believe in God? That part of you doesn't. Okay. So when you come and when that part of your brain, because we are all, we're made up of like all kinds of parts in our brain. We have fractures, this, you can be stuck at three years old, um, especially if you were abused or things like that. Uh, When that part of your brain comes to Jesus and you walk that part of your brain to Jesus, they need to be baptized. So you walk that in as this, you know, it's, and I know I'm getting a little bit, you know, therapy on people, but you, those of you who know, know, okay. Those of you who've had a fractured brain who, um, that you ask yourself, why do I act this way one time, but I act this way another time? Because one, one part of your brain is stuck in your past when you can't get out of there. And when Jesus sets you free from that, and you come to know Jesus in that part of your brain, that part of your brain, it's helpful to be baptized. It's a, it's a beautiful moment. And I encourage everybody to do it. And, and Robert and Jamie are doing these baptisms and the Rob Parker, is it Parker, right? Rod Parker. Rod, Rod Parker Rod, is doing Rod. it down there. It's awesome. I think it's fantastic. I mean, this, this, what's going on down there is really huge. 
and it's the right calling. The he was saying that he had about 10% of the some of the local sheriffs were about 10% of them were on board initially. Once he brought them in and they saw what was going on, he said that went from 10 to 90% almost instantly wow. because they saw the heart of America. They just didn't understand it. They didn't understand what was going on. They have um, pretty much by this whole ability now, they have gained the complete support of the Texas police. I mean, it's, whatever, you know, it's the Texas state police, the, the local sheriffs, they've gone on board to say, yes, we defend this. And Kudos. That, so if you guys, Robert and Jamie and all of them who prayed through such a psyop, and I'm calling it a satanic psyop, mm -hmm. because the worst part, Scott, and you know this, mm -hmm. nobody cares if the left comes after you and attacks you. It's like no big deal. I mean, even when you got the attacks for the first Bards fest, you were like, okay, devil. It's like, it's media matters. But when of course it, they are going to attack. When it comes to you from people within this our movement, That's those worst. are more dangerous. Those are those will shut you down. They, they are. And so this is a really big thing. And I, I think it needs to be said to patriots. There's this glomming on to big names in the patriot movement. And some of this is coming from desperation of not being having the message echoed out there. And I am going to caution this. Look at the organic rise of people and see them. Pete Chambers is a great example. And he, he's, he's an organic rise of somebody, Jamie and, and uh, Rob are another great example. Um, I mean, we're sitting here, we're talking the same way. I mean, these are the organic rise of people that have come from nothing outside and brought into the Patriot movement. Bright T on TV is, is, has, is riddled with them. I mean, that's what the whole programming is, right? So why I, I take this, why I say all this is there's this tendency to want to run to the big names. No question Tucker Carlson is a big influencer. I mean, the guy can get 44 million, 100 million hits on a single tweet. And, and people look at that and go, if I could get on his show. I'm not dissing Tucker Carlson. What I am saying is we need to be giving more support to those that are not coming from the mainstream side. And that those people that we want to run to and people want to, they're like, oh, I want to use him or them. Try going to the other places to elevate these other channels because mm -hmm. it's important. We need to be raising a Patriot yes. voice. You know, granted, they're not going to have as polished a studio. Mm -hmm. They may not have as polished a presentation. Yeah. But we have to be able to start supporting this because, I mean, this is the whole sense of Brighton's next shift is to try mm -hmm. to get people. And interestingly, my Sunday night show is on this exact thing with Brian Kahenick of how oh. we as patriots have to start investing in the cultural war of arts, which wow. includes like programming, includes music, it includes mm -hmm. video and documentary, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not. We keep defaulting to those who are like, oh, well, you know, he's, he was there, but now he's good with us. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm, I get the influence, but come on. We're trying to build this up as, an, as a replacement of people of heart for the nation. Mm -hmm. And while it's easy to say they, they're now part of us, there's, that's why I'm challenging all of them down there to go get saved and delivered. And Michael Yon, we love you, brother. We're praying for you. And and I will say, because he was so vocal, this is not behind the scenes. That man went on Alex Jones and he went on Mike Adams and he told people not to go and Charlie Kirk and, and then he went on Jack Del Bistovic, Big Tree, and, and then he said, I'm and going. Then, and then he went on Del Big Tree and said, I'm going and he's going. And so you know why? I believe because our prayers and our love, because what I believe Michael Yon heard, you sent me a little clip he heard Doc Pete on Alex Jones and you had Rod Parker praying for him in the Holy Ghost while he was on. And that's why yeah. that first interview with Alex Jones was fire. And Jan's like, I'm going. I was talking to somebody about this. You know, when you get a word from God, there's four kinds of th four things can happen. 
Um, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches can come after you. The devil can come and steal it. And I believe God um, spoke to Jan and the devil tried to come and steal that message. And Jan is supposed to be there because I'm telling you, Jan, this is a word from God. You're a man of God. You are a man on a mission. And God has commissioned you to do something. And when you pick up Jesus and you allow Jesus to put that fire inside of you, I truly believe that, that Jesus is inside of Jan and walking with Jan, and he is listening to Holy Spirit. And, and this is what happens when we have friends uh, who um, are kind of not churchy, and they don't quite understand like getting saved. Well, when you're trying to do what Jesus did and help the least of these, you're actually acting like Jesus. And th this, is the, this is revival is what I'm talking about. So Scott, I want to toss you the final word, and you can actually just send us out because you do this on your show every <laughs> every Thursday on brighteon.tv uh, at five o'clock. But my right. final thought is if you guys want to go, go to takeourborderback.com, takeourborderback.com. And you can also watch the revival. That's what I'm going to call it down at the border tomorrow, starting at 12 central time on we, the people rumble resistance chicks rumble and bards FM rumble. So you guys can look forward to that. Scott, final thoughts in the last 45 seconds. Just support this movement. It's the most important thing right now. And, and really start digging in hard and making the choices of, pushing into what is truly that of God and, and following your heart. I mean, this is, this is a time of discernment and a time of separation. Mm. We have to quit trying to play the two sides. I mean, we have to be clear on where we walk with who, to whom do you serve? Bottom mm. line, you know, I don't serve Trump. I serve God. Simple. So anyway, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Everybody evil, never relents, always press into the fight. God is with us and never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mm. forward. Patriots, we'll all see you, I guess, in a couple of weeks. Until then or until the next time. And out for now. <laughs> Bye, guys. God bless. The proceedings.